Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking. You've got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and you're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have you. And wow, we got an exciting show today. It is more. We're going to dive a little more into the Bitcoin and cryptocurrency world. We're going to dip our toes in. The last month we had Brock Pierce on telling us some about Bitcoin and blockchain technology. We're going to go a tad bit deeper, not real deep, but a little bit deeper for you to have a better grasp on what is happening and what our future looks like with cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin. We got Dr. James Stroud coming on. He has invented a cryptocurrency himself. He helped fabricate it. So, we got him coming on to teach us a little more. Before we do that, last week, the Academy Awards, the lowest ratings ever, but there's one actor that we've had on here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. He voted for Donald J. Trump. He's a Trump fan, and in this council culture, nobody can counsel him out. He was on Greg Kelly's show on Newsmax, and let me let just play this couple-minute clip with actor academy award-winning actor john voigt he starts the interview talking about his friend donald j trump as president uh he the way he handled himself with all of the the so-called villains of the world and there's some dangerous people out there of course uh he was able to to uh make you know get relationships with each of these guys and they had great respect for him and uh, of course he he dealt with the, the villainy of Iran in a very specific way. And now we're returning Iran to the position of, of getting a nuclear weapon. This is a, this is a horror. And there are many, many uh, things that are happening right now that we have to put up a fight against because, uh, for instance, our economy, the way they're yeah. throwing money around, the, uh, eventually this will break, break us down. Last thing, sir, your legacy is secure. You're a Hollywood great. You don't have to do anything ever again uh, to be a historical you, figure in Hollywood. <laughs> but I'm curious, have you taken a hit in terms of opportunities because you're a vocal Trump supporter? I mean, the cancel culture, we hear about it every day. Um, what has been the backlash for you in Hollywood? Well, Greg, look, uh, people hire their, their buddies. And uh, I'm uh, in a situation where I have, I have a few, still have a few friends in Hollywood, but uh, it's, it's difficult for people who announce they're conservative. Yes, for sure. But, uh, but that, that has to be now, you know, we have to make a stand. You have to state who you are. You can't be afraid. You can't cower for, the, for this thing because it hurts a lot of people coming up. 
we, we, you have to make a little bit of a stand here now. Not a little bit. I say these words, I say a little bit of a stand, but you've you got to stand up against this stuff. It's not right, you know. And it's, it's really, uh, what I feel is, look, I'm an older fella, and uh, I'm not going to be around forever. And if I can do something to help the future generations yet unborn to taste the American dream and to have the freedoms that, that were fought for and bled for over time uh, that I received as a, as a young man coming up, if I can do anything toward that, I'm going to do it. So uh, that's more, much more important to me than any of this other small political stuff. I mean, pol politics of, uh, of the, small, the small politics. The big politics, sure. I'm in. And John Voight has been in. He has not backed down and standing strong on his conservative uh, roots and, and being a Donald Trump uh, supporter. Now, let's get to the cryptocurrency and Bitcoin expert we have on today, Dr. James Stroud. Uh, James, welcome to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thank you, Doc, for having me on. I, I, I'm honored to be here. Well, I know our listeners, we got many stages in uh, cryptocurrency understanding, and, and many still are a little bit scared, and they, they don't even know what Bitcoin, they've heard the term Bitcoin, heard the term cryptocurrencies, and and for the longest they thought it was just a fad because they heard people like Warren Buffett and others say, well, you know, Bitcoin's going to zero. So what what's your outlook of the future now when you see these uh, blockchain technologies that are wrapping around the term Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies? Well, for the future, you know, I think it's only going to grow. I mean, in the in the near, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty of where I think the markets are going to be, I think they're going to go up and um, and of course, at some point, they're going to turn around and go down. And it's hard to know exactly where we are in that cycle. But in terms of the the technology itself, it's only going to be grow and become more pervasive, um, even to the point to where Bitcoin may not be, uh, if it, it, not, you know, lose its dominance as the top currency, the, it will be just one among many and, and not even have a majority of the total, what they call market cap. Um, and so other technologies besides Bitcoin that are blockchain technologies will will begin to have a lot of prominence in addition to Bitcoin. Even if and Bitcoin itself might lose prominence so much that another coin, like say Ethereum, that does something, a lot of things differently from Bitcoin, that one might become the most prominent. I don't know this for sure, but I'm look, that's what I see as the outlook is is because blockchain becomes more pervasive in our lives and is is used in ways we probably uh, you know we don't know it's being used. As that process happens, I believe um, be, more and more blockchains may um, displace Bitcoin. Right now, uh, just to kind of clarify what Bit what Bitcoin yeah that's what I'd, yeah I'd like to explain that. In this whole thing is that Bitcoin right now is it started out as it was the idea was to be peer to peer cash, and so um, and it served that function pretty well. And all that means is that you know I have some Bitcoin 
on my computer or phone, and I can send you some Bitcoin to your computer or phone, and you can send it to somebody else. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple concept, but actually it's difficult to to implement that because we have to get everybody's phones agreeing on how much Bitcoin I have and how much Bitcoin you have and make sure that nobody can spend it twice. That's, yeah. That type of thing works just like cash. Um, and nowadays, what's happened now is Bitcoin fees are uh, they're, they're north of um, 20 $25 today. I think I sent some Bitcoin yesterday because I'm in this. I do it all the time. And it cost me $26 just to send it. So when you uh, sometimes when you send to a new place, you do a test. And so you might send $20 of Bitcoin to test it, um, the sending, and you'll pay a $26 fee, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's high for right. a cryptocurrency. So and that that's and so, what scares me. You know, I'm just going to say for audience sake, I know that, that what you're saying there that that keeps some people saying I I don't I don't even understand it if uh if you know the fee to send something is higher and of course I know if you what you're talking about a lot of people will use Bitcoin and be sending they got to do a little test to make sure they don't send a lot of money <laughs> if they're not mm-hmm. sure where it's going, but that that very part is what sometimes uh, scares people from getting into Bitcoin. But go ahead. I want you to uh, finish up your thought right there about the fees. Yeah, sure. So, um, I mean, that shouldn't scare people away from cryptocurrencies. That's just a natural supply and demand thing for Bitcoin itself. But what it does is it, is it does two things. It changes the narrative of what Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin now, um, you know, the people who are really proponents for Bitcoin itself uh, say it's a store of value. And that's what it's, it's looked at these days as. And that's why it's still attracting people's money. They want to buy it so it holds its value. They don't intend on sending the round too much. So sort of functioning like gold. Right. But other cryptocurrencies now can send with, with no... There's, there's one out there that at least uh, that you can send with no fees, and many, many where you can send with really small fees. So what's happening is this sort of division of purposes in, inside cryptocurrency technology, where Bitcoin is now like a store of value, the gold-type um, analog of cryptocurrency, and then you have all these other others that are cash analogs. And that's just the first tier of technology there's a lot of technologies like Ethereum that's a, what, what is called a smart contract technology. So if people were having trouble yeah. understanding Bitcoin as cash, smart contracts takes it to a whole new level. Right. But uh, I can stop there if you have any questions before yeah. I dive too deeply into those weeds. Yeah, let me, let me uh, just for the sake of audience, that... Uh, and I know I'd love to talk to you more about smart contracts and how they affect, but I, I won't try to. I don't want to go deep into the weeds right now, because sure. uh, I know some of the, the, the questions some people are asking me. You, you look at uh, what is going on just in this past week, and I know you've been dealing with these coins for a long time. And later I want to talk more about your uh, uh, the stealth coin that you have and what it does compared to the others. But let's take a look at. 
they always talk about you know and Elon Musk and the and the um, uh, I guess celebrities and they talk about Dogecoin and it was made as a joke and now it's number six uh, and and it's got like a forty billion dollar market cap and it was made as a joke early on yeah so how does that I mean it's it has a big community on the internet. Sure. But it has no special, the coin has no special technologies. It doesn't have anything that so many coins have. So how does it propel the $40 billion market cap? What's your thoughts on that? Well, Dodge is a is a very special coin, and I know it has this reputation of starting as a joke. Uh-huh. Um, and But that that is a long time ago, and um, to, I've always... I've always had some Dodge here and there. I, I have to admit I had some, and I sold it on this recent spike because <laughs> that is a high market cap, $40 billion. Right. Um, but, you know, I'll probably buy some back later when it comes back down. But uh, the thing with Dodge is it, it is, it is special. It, it does have a special technology that people often overlook. Okay. And, and um, I touched on it earlier so Bitcoin has um, these; it has a propensity to have these very high fees because um, because of how it was designed. It wasn't designed to hold a lot of transactions, and there's been this um, movement in the Bitcoin community to keep the number of transactions it can handle low. So that lowers the supply of transactions that you can do. And what that does is it raises the price of the fees. So it's supply and demand right there with Bitcoin. Dodge was created, the guy was was not probably thinking, and he made made uh, Dodge have 10 times as much capacity as Bitcoin. Just, he, he didn't even, he didn't even think about it too much. Or maybe he did. And, um, and Dodge has always uh, has always had those low fees because of that. I mean, it's had really low fees. And then what he did is he made it ten times as fast as Bitcoin. You can you can set all this up right when you make the coin. So he made it ten times ten times more uh, supply of transactions and ten times as fast. And so what happened is Dodge actually filled a market niche that Bitcoin never had. And so when Dodge goes up, it's it what it's doing is the price is actually rising up to Dodge's potential. When it goes to forty billion and there doesn't feel like there's a lot of justification, it has surpassed that potential in price. But that happens in all kinds of assets. Every single asset, you know, we have a housing bubble and it comes back down. We have an oil bubble, it comes back down. All, all assets shoot up past what there should be their market price and come back down. That's just this price discovery feature of market. But I don't, but this, this narrative where Dogecoin is, you know, was a joke and it shouldn't have a high cap, in my opinion, I've always thought Dodge, that's why I always buy it when I think it goes below a particular price that should be its, its market price is that Dodge is actually very a special currency because of how it was designed, even if it was designed on, on accident to have these properties. And one thing I noticed as long as 
Well, hold that one thing. Our listeners are going to want to hear what that one thing is that you're going to tell us about Dodge Coin. But let me uh, remind our listeners we're talking to Dr. James Stroud. He's invented and put together his own cryptocurrency called Stealth. And we're going to hear more about that in the second half of the show. But I want to remind everybody that uh, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have you. Uh, we do have a book called Bedrock Truths. You can get that book by going to www.docholiday.org. Holiday with two L's. We'd love to get that book out to you. But now let's uh, let uh, Dr. James Stroud complete his thought about this one thing about a Dodge coin. Go ahead, Dr. Stroud. It's, it's working on five or six years ago. Um, these small, there used to be these small coins that people were very speculative coins, and these markets around these coins, they didn't have exchanges. And I called them, I called these markets microeconomies. What would happen is you would uh, want to buy some of these coins off the market. This is called an over-the-counter sale. Uh-huh. And there would be people, say, in Pakistan or India, and they would be using Dodgecoin in order to, as the, as the currency, to trade another cryptocurrency in. So Dodge had this special set of properties that made people want to use it okay. for what it was designed for. And that's that when I saw that happening, I used to buy up Dodgecoin, and, and um, on this recent spike, that that worked out well for me. I want to know more about you. You started your own coin or help tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Back in 2014, when I, what I did is I quickly, um, I, I was like anybody else who is new to uh, an asset. I quickly lost all the money I set aside to trade. So this okay. is not, I, I, I was, a, I, I was a, a working at a, at a, University and I had a, a few thousand dollars and I put it in and it was at the top and it all went down, but um, that got me into it. And so what I wanted to do is to to try to accumulate, you know, Bitcoin over time. So I didn't have any more cash to put into it. So I started working. I start. I knew how to program from my job and experience. So I started working on coins, um, helping out. You know, there's all these projects launching and all I would do is try to do a job or something to get a little coin so I could have uh-huh. some because I didn't have anything to trade because okay. I, I lost it all trading badly as a new <laughs> trader, okay. which happens uh-huh. to people. But in that, I learned about the coins and uh, it was real quick and I was like, I want to have my own coin. So I decided um, that, that privacy was a really important aspect of cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin on the Bitcoin blockchain you can do what's called, uh, or, you know, institutions. People can do it, too, but mostly institutions like the government can do what's called uh, blockchain forensics and figure out who is sending money to whom with pretty good certainty. And I thought that was kind of a, uh, a, a property of blockchains that people were not going to, um, to value over time. And what they would value is, is privacy. So I started... Stealth coin, it's in the name. Stealth kind of means it's hidden and secret. That's what privacy is. It's the secrecy you keep from people. You don't open all your windows and let them see everything you do in your house. You may not want to let them see everything you do with your money. You may not care if the government sees it, but you don't want bad guys to see it and, and so forth. 
or you might care if the government sees it. A lot of people right. feel strongly about that as well. Um, so, yeah, that's why I started Stealth, and um, I, I, uh, I started with a different coin. I put my own properties in, and we've been working on that coin for a long time. It hasn't had the success of Dodge, but I'm still committed to that project, and I'm still turning it into the vision and uh, what we've done recently. And it's pretty soon it's going to go live on what's mainnet. It'll be work on mainnet as we've, we've increased the capacity over Bitcoin um, 120 times. And so um, we have, a, we, it's, there's 120 times more transaction space and there's 120 times faster. So this is, and I recently put into where uh, a type of technology where you don't have any fees, they call that fee list. Um, and so that's where we are on that project and we're still trying to get privacy. It's a very difficult thing to do, but we want to work that out just right. And that's coming up in the works as well. Well, now, when you try to get privacy, does that uh, mean you have to work with governments? Oh, no. Privacy is, a, is what's known as a cryptographic technology. Privacy can be achieved. This, this is highly technical, so I'm going to try to tiptoe around okay. that. Um, but what, what, privacy can be achieved through math on the blockchain, and the, the, the bottom line of it, without digging into the technology, which can just go crazy, is you can hide who's sending it, who's receiving it, and how much the transaction is simply by the way you, can, you create the transactions on the blockchain. So you can use math to hide the transactions, and when the person receives it and everybody else verifies that you you own that money, you didn't spend it twice, the right person got it, the right amount was set. When everybody verifies that, they can do math to verify that without actually knowing what they're verifying. And this sounds like magic, but it's just mathematics that's been worked out for a while. The really tough part is to do that in a way that's efficient enough that it works on a blockchain. But it does, and there's several projects out there that that can do this um, so far. It's just that it's not as efficient as a traditional transaction because there's so much math, and the math turns into computer time spent doing constructing the transaction and verifying it. Um, but what we hope to achieve is to have a very fastest blockchain that has that privacy in it. But to answer your question directly, you don't. The, the whole point is not to work with government, to not work with anybody in order to hide those things, the sender, the receiver, and the, how much the transaction was. Well, when you say there are others, uh, what makes yours different from what's out there now? The big difference is going, and, and why we haven't completely finished with the private technology, uh, the privacy technology is the, is the transaction speed. So you imagine you want to have a, a transaction that that's private, and you but you don't want you want to um, you want it to get there in a, in a couple of seconds. You want the other person to be able to spend right. that money in a couple of seconds. You know, like when you use a credit card, you go and you you put your credit card in the slot, and it's ten seconds later, it says remove your card, and you and you spent that money. Right. Well, traditional private coins, it's going to be ten minutes before that happens. 
So that's not really usable, you know, as what we call point to sale as real cash. It's kind of usable for like 10 minutes. That, that's pretty fast, but that's going to be bigger purchases. That's going to be, uh, you know, $100 or $200. That's not going to allow you to buy something small and still prevent others from seeing how you're spending your money. With what we're designing here, it's going to be a matter of seconds, five seconds, and the, your transaction can still be private. So that's, that's what separates Stealth from those other projects because none of them offer that uh, level of speed. Coins called Harmony, and they're supposed to do everything in two seconds. They don't do it stealth, I take it, like yours is stealth. Uh, so, I mean, are, have you heard of Harmony or some of the others that have these fast speeds? Yeah, um, there, are, there, are, there are a lot of projects that have recognized um, very fast transactions. The earliest one I know, um, well, Dodge is very fast, but it's a minute. Apparently, that's not fast enough. It, it actually isn't. Um, one minute is not fast enough. You don't want to wait for a whole minute when you do right. a credit card transaction these days. If you're buying, you know, coffee or gas, you don't want to stand there for a whole minute waiting for that thing to to say there. You know how it says validating and then remove your card. Right. Um, so there, are, there. Uh, the earliest one I know of is Nano, and I'm a I'm a big Nano fan because when I saw that property, you know, uh, it it has it has a less than a second. Yeah. We'll call it millisecond. Um, the the one you mentioned, I to, to uh, be frank, I've never heard of that one uh -huh. before. There are a lot of coins, um, oh, yeah. and, but two seconds is yeah. There's there that sounds right, but I I would know about it if it was a privacy coin because these quickly um, anybody who's offering fast transactions with privacy, I would I would know about it by uh -huh. now, but. Um, that does sound about right, Harmony, and it and Harmony may do some other things. I'll have to look look into that one. I mean, um, I'm glad you told me about that. I always love investigating new uh, cryptocurrencies. Well, that's that just one, that, uh, and we have uh, we uh, looked into some because there's so many out there. But I know it it was talking about how fast it was and how, how easy is it to even get your coin. I know people have trouble, you know, exchanges or is is on it is it on an exchange easy to get to or is it uh, how would somebody, if they wanted to get your coin, how would they go about doing that? Oh well, it's on um, it's on a U.S. exchange. That's our biggest exchange. We've been with them since we launched, and it was almost since when they launched. And that one's called Bitrex, B-I-T-T-R-E-X, and um, their their site is just bitrex.com. Uh -huh. And uh, yeah, we have a market there, and um, it's a it's a Bitcoin trading pair. So what you can do, uh, you, yeah. So they have a dollar markets over there, but I don't. But and but you can actually fund your Bitrex account with with uh, with a uh, debit card these days. Um, of course, I'm not saying to go buy any stealth. I could get in trouble suggesting. No, and I, and, and, and I can tell but, our listeners we are not giving any kind of financial advice. We're just okay. talking. I'm just talking about. I know. Some coins are so hard to get a hold of, and, and even trying to explain how to get a hold of. So I just I was asking if it was on an exchange, but you just told us that Bitrex and it is an exchange that uh, that's out there has been around a long time. So that's really what I wanted to know. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, we're not making any financial uh, any anything to do with anybody's finances. Everybody got to do that themselves. But I just want people to understand sure. what's out there. Sure, yeah. So you can buy it on Bitrex, and, I, and it's pretty easy the way Bitrex has, has it set up. 
um, and the market is uh, it's it's uh, it's there, there's plenty on the sell side. So you probably wouldn't move it up too much if you were to buy it. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what the market looks like today. It's a smaller coin. It's a thin market. What that means is if you want to sell a bunch, you're going to move the price down. If you want to buy a bunch, you're going to move the price up. And that's just a function of being a smaller coin. We're trying to fix the whole smaller coin thing by moving the market cap up, by adding features to the coin. But um, that may or may uh, may or may not work out. You know, it may go the opposite way. Um, but uh, but that's what we're trying to do. Um, if if one of these days, my feeling is one of these days that the market may wake up to it, and and our market cap will get higher, and that will provide that not a, that's not only good for people who already hold it, but it's good for the coin because it provides lots of um, coins on the buy side and lots of coins on the sell side. It makes a healthier market and it makes it a more usable coin. So right. that's the main thing about a big coin versus small coins. The big coins are more useful simply because people can uh, convert between that coin and dollars and that coin and Bitcoin. So hopefully we'll achieve that market cap. Um, you know, we're trying to add the features to make that happen for sure. Well, James, you've been very kind with your time here. And I know uh, we got to come to a close, but uh, given the uh, what we've talked about and – there's a lot of people, like I said, are still a little bit unsure about uh, Bitcoin and blockchain technologies. Of course, all this is based on blockchain technologies. But what I wanted you to share with our audience is, you know, you've been in it for years now and even made your own coin. You know, others have been in this space. So what's your outlook as far as we, I'm not talking about private. We know things that go up and down, like stock market, uh, coin market. But the technology, it's the blockchain technology. It's here to stay. But how much mm-hmm. do you see it? Uh, you know, is it is it like the internet was in the 1990s, or is it going to be that big? It would would it be a part of our lives in that way, or is it more of a something smaller than? internet was in the 1990s well i think it has the potential to do that i think that the technology is so groundbreaking and revolutionary that it could easily be like the internet today where we don't realize how much we use it like i mentioned credit card transactions that goes over the internet all of this every we use the internet all day not only you know when we're using our phone to check you know, our email, right. we're using it all. When you, when you buy gas, when you do anything, you're using the Internet. And pretty soon, um, you know, when you go in your house and you, you know, as smart houses come online, I don't have that, but I know people who do, pretty soon that'll be more pervasive. And, and you know, you'll turn on your lights using the Internet. But um, it, to me, blockchain has that potential to do it. And it's going, my theory is it's going to happen you know, you're going to be doing, you're going to get a loan and uh, at the bank, some of you will get a loan at the bank and they won't realize that that loan is totally being underwritten, uh, escrowed, and all these, all the different parts of the financial system that is, is typically employed now to give you a loan. I'm just using loans as an example. 
Um, a lot of that will be handled on the, on the blockchain. Maybe not every last piece soon, but, but a lot of it. And then um, the only thing is that's going to slow it down is not that the technology is not capable uh-huh. of doing this, but there's just going to be some institutional resistance. There's, you know, there's people in the banking industry that make money escrowing loans that, you know, and, or, and all this stuff that's part of the loan process. They're going to be resistant to this coming on, and that's the only thing slowing it down. The computers are fast enough. The Internet's fast enough. People are smart enough to develop the technology. The technology is powerful enough to replace all these features. How, it's just a matter of time, and how fast that process is is totally dependent on existing institutions either adopting it or resisting it. But like anything else, when something comes along that's better, that it wins. And blockchain technology is better than a lot of the existing systems in our financial and the, the financial network. Well, I think you just laid it out there in a good way, just like uh, over 100 years ago. People thought uh, they keep making uh, horse whips because the cars wouldn't catch on, but uh, <laughs> put the horse whip piece people out of business. So uh, uh, we, it is interesting. We we are living in uh, times that uh, uh, we don't know exactly what the future is. But uh, James, thank you for coming on Doc Holiday's Rock Splitting Politics to help better explain this uh, world of blockchain technologies. And uh, good luck with your as you pursue your endeavors, and uh, I hope you have uh, continued success. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Now, I hope you're better informed, educated about uh, Bitcoin, blockchain technologies. Uh, You heard about his coin, Stealth. And I just have to say that some people say, I'm going to run away from this, but don't. Learn more about it and uh, do what uh, Brock Pierce said last month. uh, Buy a little Bitcoin, buy $10 worth just to see how to do it. And then this is something that we're, as a society, we're getting more and more into. So that's why we covered that. And now we'll get back to politics next week. Glad to have you listening to us, and we will see you then. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.